Welcome to the Association of Insurance Compliance Professionals podcast. AICP serves the insurance compliance community by promoting relationships, exchanging information, and providing learning opportunities within a dynamic regulatory environment. You're listening to, you've graduated, now what? You've finished your studies, you have that diploma in hand, and now the real work begins, finding a job. Join our host, Elena Kaufman, in a conversation with Cindy Burleson and Katie Gurnett about the things you should do, have, and think about when looking for that perfect job. They'll discuss networking, skills, internships, and so much more. In fact, there is so much information, you will want to listen to this podcast more than once to take it all in and help you be successful in your job search. And now, here's your host, Elena Kaufman. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. We are here with Cindy Burleson and Katie Gurnett to talk about the next steps after you're out of college and some career tips and everything that is involved in that venture. These are two experts, so I'll let them take the reins and think we're going to start talking about networking first. I love that she calls us experts, Cindy. It's, it's probably because we're employed. That makes us experts. So, right. <laughs> Well, we're going to talk a little bit about the basic steps, and, and we're going to start with networking because before you can start a job, you, you got to find one. And really, in today's world, and, and we've all heard the saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that is very true in today's world where the jobs sometime that you want, you're going to have to know the right people to get there, especially after you've worked so hard to get into the compliance field, into the insurance field. So you're going to want to be able to network. So for those of you who are not used to networking, that's going to involve shaking hands and actually talking to people you don't know. So if you're uneasy with that, I would suggest taking a couple of networking uh, workshops, seminars to kind of help you along with that. Some of us are better at it than others. And, and I'm going to tell you now that even introverts have to do this. It's it's just, it's one of the things they have to do. Wouldn't you agree, Cindy? It's, yes, absolutely. It's not a step you can skip, unfortunately, or be a wallflower. I don't think I know any wallflowers that end up doing well in this, this scenario. Do you, Cindy? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. So the two of us are going to kind of talk a little bit about different places you can network. Because surprisingly, even as a person coming straight out of college or a student, there's lots of places for you to network. And they are all over the place. You just have to look to find them. And of course, the first one we're going to mention, of course, is the Association of Insurance Compliance Professionals because it's near and dear to our hearts. AICP actually has a student membership. You can attend the conferences, the seminars, and it's a great way to meet those people who are going to be looking for people like you to join their crew, to be part of their company and, and give you tips. And networking isn't just about talking business. I want to make sure people understand this. Networking is about developing relationships. So sometimes it's as simple as starting a conversation about your favorite movie, and then you develop this relationship and you get business cards, and then you can have that relationship with somebody and be able to call them and say, hey, I hear there's an opening at your company. I would really like to know who do I contact? What do I need to know? Uh, can you give me any tips? It, is that a good way to put that, Cindy? Absolutely. That's a great way to put that. And while we want to talk about AICP, you know, mostly there are a lot of associations that are available probably in your area. And I would say two in your specific state, you might look for things like the Big I, the uh, PIA, which are going to be associations that are specifically geared to agents and brokers. 
So for different areas of the industry, there's so many opportunities, but a lot of times these groups have events that they will love to have emerging leaders come to. Emerging leader events. I know the big eye here in our area is getting ready to have an emerging leader event. And like they contacted me, said, do you know any students, recent graduates that would be interested in coming to introduce them to people in the area that they can connect with and network with, which then leads to job opportunities. Take advantage of these things. Right. Right, Katie, that's the worst thing you can do is just step back and not do anything. Yeah. And a lot of them have a student price and some of them, they have a way for you to discount it or scholarships available. I'd say there's also things like uh, the uh, chartered property and casualty underwriters have local chapters and they love students coming in because we're all looking for new blood. I don't want you to limit yourself, though, to just insurance seminars. Right. There are lots of seminars within your your area. The Better Business Bureau usually has a big meeting uh, once a year in your area. The Chamber of Commerce usually does. There's women's groups for those uh, of you out there who I'm trying to think of the name of one like ICANN. I think it is here in Omaha, a couple of those like that, where they're really set up for you to hone those networking skills. Go to a charity event. Right. I mean, those are a great place to network. If you have a passion for the Heart Association or I'm trying to think of some of the other ones, the Lung Associations, and they have events, it's a great place to meet people and really get to know people. It does not have to be insurance related. Another one is uh, local civic clubs. Like yeah. if you get an invitation, you know, say you've graduated and you've met someone and they say, hey, come and go with me to the Kiwanis or the Rotary meeting, you know, this week. Those are great ways to meet people and network and build, you know, build your portfolio of, of contacts. And I'd say for this group, one of the ones that some of my staff belong to is called the Young Professionals. And I think almost every area has a young professional group. And I, and I can't tell you the exact ages, but I know it's up to about age 35, if I remember correctly. It's very similar to what we call the JCs, as I recall, that used to be called that, Cindy. Right. But those are really built around those, those opportunities to network with each other. I know the young professionals have a big meeting coming up here in Omaha pretty soon, a, a regional seminar of some type, and they're really motivational type, but they're really built for you to do that networking. And they have all kinds of people there. And so you get to network with people your own age who maybe already have a position or could give you some tips of where to, to look. So don't limit yourself to just insurance type ones. Right. And for those of you who, you know, maybe some of you who will be watching this have already graduated, but those of you who are still in school, your local or your school, if your school has a Gamma Iota Sigma chapter, even when you graduate as an alumni, in the Gamma Oda Sigma chapter, you still have access to everything that Gamma Oda Sigma offers. So you have access to all of the different regional events, to the annual conference, to any of the networking events that they have, and they and they have a lot of opportunities available for you to participate in things like that. Once you become a member, you're never not a member. So if you if you have an opportunity to take advantage of that and, and look for those of you who are students, if you're in college that has an insurance or risk management program or a risk management and insurance RIMS program, take a part of that. Don't sit on the sidelines and let those opportunities pass you by 
Because while you might say, well, I didn't see a whole lot of benefit of that while I'm in school, even though there is, if you use it, when you get out of school, it opens you up to the ability to connect with people all over the United States. And and you mentioned a, a great thing in there, and that's the alumni that are part of that. And those are the people who usually have jobs. So, <laughs> and they're looking for people. And so one of the things that that is part of that networking is finding some of those internships. And that's how you find those, correct, Cindy? Yes. So through those alumni and those networking is a way to find internships. Now, you have more probably experience with internships than I do, Cindy. What would you tell them about trying to network to find an internship for themselves? Well, in our program that we have here at the University of Central Arkansas, I have employers who reach out to me constantly. In fact, right now in my email, I probably have 20 to 25, we need an intern. And so when when someone in your school, and you need to check with, you know, check with your professors, check with those who are, who are teaching in your program and say, hey, if you hear about an internship, let me know. I send these out, sort of like in a newsletter form to, to all of the students and say, hey, XYZ company is looking for a summer intern. Here's a link to where you can apply, you know, and these are open and available. The biggest thing I would say with those is take advantage of those opportunities. Seems like most of our internships come by word of mouth or student to student. Students who are in internships, hey, if you get a chance to work here or come and let me introduce you to the company that I'm interning with, and they just kind of tend to roll over every year, I don't have to do very much to get students into internships because their friends who are doing internships, working in internships, are telling the you know students that they know you need to come here and it just tends to it's like the snowball you know just kind of gets to rolling and that and that really is the key to, to networking that is the guts of networking is knowing those people who can give you that information Absolutely. and i would say even in here uh the interns that we've had in the, in the few programs we have here that take interns sometimes we hire them so it's a great place to get your your foot in the door they may not have an opening right now but boy, when they do have an opening and they know you've done an internship for them and you want to come work for them, it, it, it plays a lot in your favor if you already know the company culture. Yeah, let me tell you the good thing about an internship. And I, I mean, this is, I guess some people might consider this a negative about internships. But if you take an internship from the company side, they're making an investment in you, but not quite the investment that they make in a full-time employee you know, who's, they expect to be with them for a long time. You can take an internship in an area that you're interested in. And of course, we want it in the insurance and risk management industry, you know. You pick an area that you're interested in, but if you get into that internship and a month into it, you know, or, or two months into the internship, it's like, you know, this is just not really working for me. It's much easier to finish the internship and step away and do something else than it is to quit a job when there are expectations that you're going to be there, you know, for a long time. So internships are a great way for you to test out different areas of the industry to see exactly what you like and, and where you think you want to be. 
I have a student right now who's in an internship. She started out in an internship working with a company with their data analytics. And she's very good at that. And they loved her. But she just kind of is like, you know, I don't know that this is where I want to be for, you know, the rest of my career. So now she's interning on the agency side to to look at what it's like from an account executive, a producer, an agency manager, agency owner from their seat. And, you know, this is a great way for her to find out where she wants to be so that when she accepts that full-time position, she's ready to go and she already has an idea of where she wants to go and the path she wants to take. And she's fully invested in it. Right. So internships are a great way to do that. What other things on campus, Cindy, are there available for students to make sure they take advantage of? Because I know myself when I graduated, which we won't talk about how long ago that was, (laughs) there were career fairs a lot of times. I'm assuming there's still similar things on campus today. Yes. In fact, we're we're going back to in-person career fairs this semester. And so career fairs definitely are a great way to network. Sometimes they can get real busy because obviously there's a lot of people coming in, a lot of students, uh, depending on how the career fairs are set up. Here, we separate ours by business, the career fair that we have, Next one we have coming up is going to be finance, economics, insurance, risk management. So, so, you know, they're kind of dedicated to certain industries. But students should definitely take advantage of the career fairs. Companies are there. They're collecting resumes. They're looking for interns. They're looking for full-time employees. So either way, so even if you're not a senior getting ready to graduate, go to the career fair. Because a lot of times companies are also looking for an intern for a student in their junior year or senior year. Your career services on your campus, make sure to take advantage of the opportunities that they have. But here's something else. When you see or hear someone announce that they've got a speaker coming in for a club meeting, like our Gamma Iota Sigma uh, chapter is having a speaker from, and I never know how to say this anymore, WSIA, the Wholesale Surplus Lines Association next week. And we send this out to students and students don't take advantage of it. But when they come to those, it's amazing. Not only do they get to network and connect with other students who are there, but they often have an opportunity to stand and talk and have a conversation with the person who's there speaking. And many times these speakers bring other people with them. So these are great networking opportunities but you have to take advantage of them. You have to actually sign up if you need to sign up or actually make the point or make the time in your schedule to go to these events when it's kind of outside your normal schedule that you, you know, that you live in day to day. Take advantage of the opportunities that there are on campus that are offered to you. And 99% of these are free. Yeah. You know, they don't cost anything. And often there's food. <laughs> which is a big plus. <laughs> right, right. I also think there's opportunities for students to connect with people virtually. You know, I see more and more suggestions that people reach out to contacts on LinkedIn and just message someone who has the job that you might want and say, hey, what kind of skills did you need to get this job? Could you help me in my endeavor to? 
build my career. And it works. I mean, if somebody reached out to me on LinkedIn directly, a student who was looking for a career in insurance, I would absolutely respond to them and message them back. Well, you bring up a good point. LinkedIn actually has a nice thing to it where you can join certain groups too. And so that's another, like you say, to, to uh, network virtually. So a lot of times you have to be admitted into those groups, but a lot of times if you put on there that you're a student, they're going to admit you. Like anybody else, we need to replenish our ranks, you yes. know? And so, <laughs> yeah. so they're, they're going to admit students. And, but you also need to take advantage of LinkedIn's abilities for you to post your resume. It may be thin at this point, but at the very fact that you put a student in there, uh, LinkedIn will send you messages of items that may be of interest to you. And then you can look at that and pull up that company and maybe find someone there. You're absolutely correct, Alana, that could help you out with that. Absolutely. I think the one thing we need to remember about career fairs too, is they're not just college-based. I know in the city of Omaha, we have city career fairs. Please don't discount those too, if you're out there looking. And I know your parents will thank us if you walk away after college with a job. So that's always a good thing. So, so there's lots of places to do that networking, to try to find somebody who's going to help you find a job, an internship or whatever. So what other things do we need to look at when we're looking for a job? So we kind of like to, Cindy and I would kind of like to touch base on some of the things that you should have in your toolkit for when you start searching for these jobs. And these are the things you need to highlight with people when you're actually talking to them about your job. And this is pretty much pertains to compliance, but you can use this for anything at all. I know, and, and, and I know Cindy's been in the industry world too, of what we look for when we look for a compliance person. And yes, you have the degree. And I love the degree because that tells me that you have stuck with something, that you have finished something, that you have the basics. But one of the things we always look for, especially in the compliance area, is can you do research? you'd be surprised at the number of people who walk in and have never even researched an English paper. And I'm like, do you even know how to do research? And I'm not talking writing a paper. I'm not talking about putting footnotes on crap. I'm not talking about any of that. <laughs> I'm talking about getting down in the weeds and reading the stuff and understanding it and, and highlighting it out and being able to explain it. That's what research is for us. Wouldn't you agree, Cindy? I, I agree. And I think with where you're going, Katie, uh, or at least you know, some of what you're talking about is it's so important to know how to communicate. Absolutely. So important to know how to communicate, how to write an email, an email that's professional, that, you know, that you can get your point across. Building your communication skills are, are vital. And from what Katie's talking about, what, you know, when you, if you do the research and you know how to do that, if you can't communicate it, then you've got a big problem there too. You do. So you need to know how to talk about how to speak in a meeting, how to present. There's another thing while you're in school, take advantage of opportunities that you have not only to attend presentations and all kinds, not just industry presentations, but if some author is coming, you know, who is uh, presenting information on a book or even any other areas on your campus that you might see, those are good to go to sometimes just to watch and see how people do it. Right. Well, I think that's why Toastmasters is so, such a good organization. They take people of all ages and backgrounds. It's a great place to network, but they teach you those basics. If you're not a natural speaker, and believe me, most of us aren't, we've just kind of developed it over time and we have our own way of doing things. 
they really get into the research and, and, and how do you communicate and how do you do that well. And in a company setting, the way you talk to your friends via email is not the same way you talk to people that you work with, even though you're friends, because any email at work can always make its way to the president's desk. So there's a different way that you communicate there. I also think one of the things that we talk about a lot, too, is analysis. It's one thing to do the research, but it's another thing to do the analysis behind it. What does this mean? How does this impact us? And what are the takeaways from this? The degree that you have, and this and this sounds bad, and I know Cindy's going to jump on me. <laughs> the degree you have is not as important as how you apply the logic that you have learned, the analysis you have learned, and the research you have learned, as well as the communication. I myself, because the whole risk management thing is a relatively new field, I myself have a degree in mathematics. I'm not sure what Cindy's is in. Cindy, what is your base degree? My degree is in economics, and then I have a master's degree in business administration. Yeah, and I and I have an MBA also. But right. what math taught me, and because I, I did start out doing rates, but I didn't become an actuary because it was too damn hard. But um, so it. <laughs> I tried it, it didn't work. So I ended up doing analysis and research and doing forms and advertising and everything. But what math taught me was the logical sequence of events and how to an analyze something and read a law. You'd be surprised. You don't have to be a lawyer to do this, but you have to understand the sequence of events. And so it's, it's applying those things you've learned in your degree to what you want to do. One of the other things we look for is multitasking. And we all think we multitask very well, but there is a limit to multitasking. But you do have to be able to handle multiple projects at once. I don't know about Cindy, but I'm never, I never get to handle one project at a time. No. And I'm sure Alana does not either. <laughs> it's usually like there's 20 on my desk, all in various pieces on my desk. So you have to be able to multitask. Another thing on that, too, would be to prioritize. Absolutely. Because if you're handling these multiple tasks, I know, you know, Aaron, it's, it's to prioritize. You know, if this, if this one thing doesn't have anything due until 60 days from now, I need to take care of the things that are due next week first. Right. You know, and get those on, on, my, on my agenda without losing sight of the things that are out into the future, you know, and kind of keeping up with those. I work a lot with lists with agendas. I just wrote one down for the year. I have, you know, what the due dates are for each. And so I work through that. And somebody said, probably took you an hour to sit there and write all that out. It's like, yes, but then that way I know I'm not going to drop the ball on it. Right. I set up follow-up lists for everything. Right, right. So the key thing is here, all that stuff of getting your homework done on time never goes away. <laughs> it never goes away. So you're going to have to learn to prioritize. Absolutely. Part of that also is I look for a willingness to learn, and we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But one thing that, and it's a pet thing for mine, is that we tend to forget about in, in all the compliance world is creativity. And I think that it is important that all of us have creative minds in compliance. And I know that sounds counterintuitive because we all think we're in these boxes with legal stuff, but the reality is in compliance, your job is basically to look at the law or look at what's required of you and see if there's a way that you can make what your employers want to do work within the confines of that requirement. And that doesn't mean saying yes necessarily, but you have to be able to do that. 
So I think creativity is huge. And I, I don't think we get enough credit for how creative we are in our work. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I was going to say, and this kind of circles back to when we were talking about, you know, like the AICP and other associations that you know, you might have access to or you have, you know, that are available in your area. Of course, a lot of these, just like the AICP, you don't have to necessarily live in a certain area to be able to take advantage of all of the different options that you have, opportunities that you have for learning and growing is a lot of these associations have access to classes or, uh, you know, not necessarily classroom type classes, but... Yeah, resources, absolutely. Yeah, like webinars, even like these podcasts, but webinars, I have even seen some, you know, where they'll have webinars about yeah. building a resume or, you know, or how to, t how to answer right. tough questions, things like that. Yeah. Take advantage of those. You know, the biggest thing, if I, I, I'd say that a, a million times, is take advantage of the opportunities that come to you. Right. And with that in mind, there are different places you can find jobs other than just going down to the unemployment office or going to your resource center. And that's online. I think Alana mentioned this earlier. AICP has a job board. You don't have to be a member to get to it. And, and we have people from all over the United States posting. And in today's world, read through them. A lot of them are, guess what? You can work from home. You do not have to be there. So you can telecommute. So Indeed is another one used by insurance industry a lot. Monster is a big one. And LinkedIn, like we mentioned earlier, LinkedIn will do it. And I'm sure there's more out there. So make sure you check those job boards and sign up. Don't just go out there and check them, but most of them have a way to subscribe so you can see if anything's going to pop up for you. The insurance journal also has its own job board. There you go. Another one. And Cindy, you were talking about GIS earlier. Yes. Gamma Ida Sigma actually has a career center. And like I said, once you're a member, you have access to all of this, even after you graduate. They have a career center where you can take advantage of it in different ways. Well, I will say before that, somewhere you might want to go before jumping into just the career center is they have a section that you can go into that lists like 12 different areas in the insurance and risk management field you can work. Oh, perfect. And with each one of those areas, it has their career resource hub. And so you can you can look at what happens in different areas of the insurance industry that you might want to work. You know, what do they do here? What does a loss control specialist do? You know, what what does a marketing rep do? So you can look at all of those, which might help you decide what area you want to go in. But then their career center, you can actually go into their career center and either type in a job title and then search all of the different places across the United States where there are openings. Or you can, just like with Indeed or Monster or any of those resources, you can post your resume and apply for jobs straight from the Gamma Iota Sigma website as a member. And you can even set it up to where it'll give you job alerts when something's posted that meets what you're looking for. So, you know, there's a great opportunity through there. If you're a member of Gamma Sigma, take advantage of it. And once you get the job, once these students move in and they start their career, what are your suggestions for building on their career? Well, I think we talked about that earlier, is never to stop learning. One of the things I really push with my staff is, is the continuing education and the designations. For anybody who looks probably out at 
Cindy and I's resumes out there. We have a whole alphabet <laughs> behind our names. Okay. I mean, just, 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 just name them all. We've got them, but that's because we've never stopped learning. And even though you come out of college with this, this information, that's the baseline. So look into those professional designations and the ones that come to mind are some of the ones Cindy and I already have CPCU, which is chartered property and casualty underwriter. Don't be afraid by the word underwriter. Okay. Because that really is not about underwriting. It's really about learning the business. Okay. It's really about learning what property and casualty is about. Chartered life underwriter has the same thing. So if you're into life, it has the same thing. The American health, AHIP Institute. I can't remember the whole thing now. It's AHIP. They have a set of designations also that have to do with health. FLMI, the Fellow of Life Management Institute, which is now under Loma Limra, they have a whole series of tests. And that's where you get your, what they call the Associate in Insurance Regulatory Compliance. And that's an AIRC. So there's lots of those designations. Of course, AICP has their own designations, a CCP and an ACP. And I think Cindy has the CRM. Right. The National Alliance has designations, the CIC, the CRM, the CPRM, which is working with high network personal lines clients. Uh, There's tons of designations. Now, I have to say, you can start taking these right now as students. There's no requirement you have a degree. You can go out there and you can find them and you can start taking them right now. I've known people who have walked out of college and already had their CPCU. The, the nice part about doing it, waiting until you work for a company is the company pays for the exams. Okay. So that's, that's the good part about that. Now, for those who are in a uh, college that has a risk management and insurance program, you might have the opportunity to get uh, waivers or to get part of the CPCU while you're in college and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Or the uh, UCIC has a UACIC designation and a UACRM designation that can be obtained while you're in college. And so that gives right. you a, a heads up when you when you go into uh, your job because right. you've already got part got of it done. Working on it. So that's good for you and good for the employer as well. Yeah, and I will tell you that I got my MBA later and I already had all my designations and some of those designations applied towards my MBA because they are considered graduate level courses. So when you start your MBA, if you have any of these designations, check that out. Cause I think I got three of my courses taken care of on my MBA because I had those designations. They're not easy courses. I will tell you they're, no, they're, they're not, not. they're, no, they're, they're tough not. courses, but you should be prepared for them if you have a risk management degree, but they will give you the basis. Now that just tells you what the industry does as a whole. Within your company itself, when you start working, the company has educational courses there too. And a lot of times those revolve around leadership and you know stress management and things like that. Take those courses too. The nice thing about taking those internal ones, especially if they're instructor-led within your company, is another way to network with people within the company so that if you want to move up in the company, you've got those faces for you to look at. So always consider taking those. Exactly. And not only that, if you're taking those courses within your company, that gives an opportunity for the other people who are in the class with you, right? maybe managers or executives who are in the class with you, to see you and see you participating in those classes. And you never know what kind of opportunities might open up for you in those areas because they say, hey, I saw you know this person over here and I think you would be really good at 
you know, or let's, you know, let's keep an eye on them for moving, you know, moving up. Right. And they, and they contact you. And that's the true of anything within the company. When you join, if there are volunteer activities, volunteer for stuff. Yes. If there's an opportunity to be on a committee within the company to help drive some initiatives within the company, volunteer for that. Of course, you got to have your manager's permission. We all know we play this game, but really (laughs) it shows that you're interested in growing. And that's the big thing to remember when you're starting to build that career is I'm interested in growing. What do I need to learn? Ask questions. Hey, I'm willing to do this. Do I, do you think I could handle this? Don't just sit back and wait for stuff to show up on your desk. Hey, Katie, you know, there's, there's something else. I think uh, the people who are watching this podcast, the students or those who have recently graduated need to think about too, because we're talking about networking and ways to promote yourself, you know, and make yourself better for the company, for yourself and for the company that you're working for. But, you know, when you get out of college or maybe even some of you who are still in college, there's something else you need to think about, too. How are you going to protect the stuff that you have? Well, and that is a big one. They always kind of blow over that because mom and dad have been handling that, (laughs) haven't they? Mom and dad have been covering your stuff while it's at college. Mom and dad probably helped you get your car insurance, your health insurance, all that. kind. You're absolutely correct. How are you protecting yourself and the people you love? You're absolutely correct. And that's part of when you get out and you you go to work for a company, they always have packages generally of stuff that you can have. Mm -hmm. There's some things that everybody in their career needs to think about. And I tell this uh, to, to groups of students is they always forget the one thing. I have a bunch of stuff. Okay. I may not own my home, but I'm renting. This is the big one. Renters insurance is super cheap. People it's super cheap. You know, that's a question that I ask in my classes. I always ask my students because when students get to me, they're typically maybe a sophomore or two, but they're juniors and seniors going into those last two years. And also, how many of you live in an apartment? Because a lot of them do. Or they live in sharing a rental house, you know, with other students. And then I say, do you have renter's insurance? And a lot of times it's like, what? Doesn't the person who owns the house, don't they take care of that? <laughs> I always love that one. Yeah. And that, no, they don't. No. And your parents' homeowner's insurance quits covering you at a certain point. So you have to remember that. And when you buy exactly. that really nice stereo or that 56-inch television set and somebody either breaks in or you have a, you know, some natural disaster happen to it, you want to have it covered. Because you've been spending a lot of money on that, you know. Right. That person over in the unit next to yours goes off and leaves, leaves something on the stove. It catches on fire. It doesn't just burn your unit. It burns yours too. Who's going to replace your stuff? If you don't have a rental policy, your stuff is That includes your clothes and your underwear, people. Want you to understand this. Absolutely. (laughs) And you know, there's a, there's another thing you have to think about with that too. You have a big group of your friends over and, you know, you're having a good time and something happens that you could be held liable yeah. for. You need to have the liability coverage yeah. on that rental policy too. And like Katie said, they're not expensive. Now I know some apartment complexes, uh, some landlords, if you're renting a house, may require that right. you have liability insurance. So read your lease. Make sure you know what your responsibilities are in your lease. And if they do and you have that and you say, well, I've got a liability policy, like we're saying, 
Add that property coverage to it. It's inexpensive. It really doesn't cost a lot. You do have to buy it in the state where you're living. And so a lot of times your employer can help you find somebody to do that for you. And that's the same way with your personal auto. Now, a lot of you have probably already been buying your auto. You're either on your parents' plan and you're paying them. But once you're not part of their household anymore, you have to look into getting personal auto. So make sure you do that too. And a lot of times that's an easier transfer. I think the tough one for young people, Cindy, is the life and health. Wouldn't you agree? Yes, I would agree because that's the, that those are two areas where when people are just coming out of college and they're getting a new job and you're, you're not making as much money. And so you've got your bills and all counted up. And when they think life and health, you know, that's some expendable income that I, I really think I need in my back pocket right now. I don't need to be paying that out in premiums. I'm young. I'm 22 years old or I'm 25 years old. I'm invincible. What's going to happen? I'm invincible. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just typically the attitude. And so they don't think about it. But the thing of it is, and I know, Katie, you can definitely talk to this as far as life insurance. If you start with life insurance when you're young, you can keep your premium levels right. really low. If you wait until your mid-30s or 40s to take out life insurance, it's going to cost you. It does. And that's true when you started a job. They usually have a life insurance that's available to you. Don't turn it down. That's part of your benefit package. You don't pay extra, but you can pay extra, especially when you're in good health. It's a lot easier. Once you get to a certain age, you got to pass medical tests. You're not. It's not going to be pretty, folks. When you leave that job, a lot of times those term policies, they're, they're convertible so that you can keep them. They become individual policies. But when you're young, surprisingly enough, a lot of young people say, I don't need life insurance. If something happens to me, it doesn't matter. I don't have a family or whatever, but not to be morbid, but somebody's going to have to bury you. And so, and, and you don't know right. when your circumstances are going to change and that you do have somebody who depends on you. So don't turn down that free life insurance from the, your insurance company. You're not, you're not doing anybody any favors by turning it down. The other one they tend to turn down a lot is health insurance because that is a pretty good chunk of change. Yes. And they're thinking, I have a student loan to pay. I have this to pay. I have that to pay. Nothing will happen to me. I'm very healthy. Oh, yes, that is absolutely an issue. And you know what? Again, it goes back to just what we said with life insurance. You never know. No. And you never know when, you know, when you're going to come off of that front porch and take a misstep and fall and, you know, twist your ankle or, or your knee and end up. And those can be very costly. I always put it this way. For those of you out there who like to go skiing with your friends, it takes one broken leg. Okay. And you're going to be out of commission. You're going to have hospital bills. You're going to have all this stuff. And the other part of that is part of most packages and companies is short-term disability. Do not turn that down because if you're laid up, you at least get part of your salary. And you know, a lot of employers pay for that. Yeah, they'll pay for it. So don't be turning that kind of stuff down. There's other side things that you should consider when you're looking at packages for companies of who you want to work for. I mean, other than retirement packages, because those are very personalized and, and depend on what you want, but, and, and so it's life and health, but dental insurance, all of you yes. have been getting your teeth cleaned on mom yes. and dad's bill. Dental insurance through your company, a lot of times is very cheap. Make sure you take advantage. And when right. I say cheap people, I mean, it's less than $10 a month. I mean, it's not major. Right. Now, is it going to cover everything? No. 
but it's going to cover your cleanings and taking care of you, and that's part of your health. Vision insurance, for those of you who wear glasses, take care of yourself now. It's very hard to read your computer screen, squinting your eyes all the time. Okay. <laughs> and sometimes those policies are, you know, you can get coverage for like, if you get paid twice a month, it's like eight bucks a month. Yeah. It's hardly anything. Yeah. Less than a Starbucks drink coming. It is. It is. It's and <laughs> very much so. <laughs> but I think a lot of times with, with people coming straight into the job market again, because they think they're, you're super healthy, most of you. And this is something, this is a cost I'll pick up later because you do get an annual enrollment on those every year at your company and you feel like you could pick them up. Right. Don't skimp. Don't skimp. It just, right. because yeah. it, it is not worth it. It's just take care of it now and then you get used to having it and you'll have it. You'll have it your whole life. And it's just something you, it's good to have. And I know we didn't really, you know, talk or go into the retirement, you know, opportunities, but I was talking to a young professional just a few months ago you know, and asked him if he was taking advantage of the of the retirement options, you know, that his company has. And he kind of said, just like Katie said, well, you know, I'm young. It's, you know, it's not that big of a deal right now. I said, I said, look at it because when you contribute, many times your company matches what you contribute up to a certain percentage. So if you're putting in $10, they're putting in 10. So it's, you get 20. Yeah, and you're, that's, that's money you're leaving on the table. Right. And the earlier you start, the better chances are you're going to have a good nest egg. Because I know at this age, everybody coming out of college is saying, well, Social Security is not going to be around. Well, there's those of us at our age who are really wondering if Social Security is going to be around. You need to take care of yourself, and those 401s will do it. Just um, a quick example, my son who's in the military, he started saving into his 401 in the military, the minute he hit the military at the age of 18. So he has a nice little nest egg out that he can even use to borrow on to buy a house or whatever he wants to do. If you start early enough, it, it makes a huge difference down the line, those little pieces, and they're all pre-tax. So do it now. Don't wait right. until you're like, oh, I'm 35 mm -hmm. now. Maybe I should start saving. You know, <laughs> you're going to be behind everybody behind. else. You will never get to retire at no. the age of 40. Telling you now, it's not going to happen. So <laughs> right. That's exactly right. You think early retirement? No, it ain't going to happen. No, not going to happen. So, Alana, we covered a lot of stuff. So I think we're going to tell everybody yep. you need to listen to this podcast five or ten times so that you can catch all the acronyms right. we threw out there <laughs> and all the organizations yeah, maybe we should attach a glossary. Yeah, gl yeah, exactly. We can't help it. We're in insurance. We, we, yeah, this is what we do. We we speak in alphabet. But there's a lot of information here. I said, Cindy, if you had to give them maybe two points, two big points to take away from this, what would they be? Well, when it comes to networking and finding a job, take advantage of your opportunities. When someone presents you with an opportunity to participate in something, to become a member of a group, to attend an event, go, you know, do it. Take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you because there's so many, you know, and there, there are going to be so many and you're going to find so much value in the people you'll meet. Uh, the things that you're able to do and the things that come off of those opportunities, uh, the places right. that you can go 
because of being in that place at that time with those people. Mine would be to build on what Cindy says is never, ever, ever stop learning. I, 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 I can't stress that enough. There's always something new. And if you just take away that, I think that you will find the job that you really feel at home in and that you feel Absolutely. like you can grow. And I think that's always an important thing when you're looking for a job. Can I grow here? Can I really become who I want to be personally and professionally? And you can't do that if you stop learning. Right. Especially in insurance where things no, are ever-changing. Oh, ever-changing. Oh, ever Constantly changing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank I think, you. Yeah. And thank you. go out there and conquer the world. We're excited for you. Yes, we want, you got to come and take our place, so. <laughs> exactly. We're tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much. This yeah. was great. And I really enjoyed listening because you both took the reins and you did an excellent, excellent job.